wonderful Radio Flanagan with me, Paul Flanagan. So where was I? Oh yes, that's right, yes, yes. We were doing, um, <laughs> we were up to about age 11, weren't we, from our last little podcast where I left off and I was about to join the big school. That was the um, the big Catholic comprehensive school. Comprehensive education, um, let me see, what's the best way to describe it? Uh, it new buildings, <laughs> new buildings, new syllabus. Um, it was just education. It was just called something else because it, it it always used to be grammar school and um, secondary modern education, and at that time, just before they introduced uh, uh, introduced comprehensive schools, uh, you had to pass um, an exam that they called in the UK uh, the eleven plus, and if you passed the eleven plus, then uh, that was posh. That means you went to grammar school. Uh, one of my older brothers, um, he did pass the eleven plus, and uh, he, he and you know he went to posh grammar school, and then the next year they introduced uh, the comprehensive schools, and um, you didn't have any choice uh, to to scrap the eleven plus, <laughs> and um, you just went straight into comprehensive school. So anyway, so there I was, and let's just say let's just call it Saint Michael's, oh, because that's what it was called. So, so um, yeah, Saint Michael's, and. I was there between the ages of 11 and 16 and uh, it was an interesting um, interesting place to go to school um, funny I was just writing some um, I guess these are called show notes Sh- show notes uh, sh- mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, show notes so notes to think about notes to I started to think you know when I went to school there at St Michael's I mean you know, it was a long time ago. It, this is this wasn't yesterday. You know, um, so I was trying to think of uh, what sort of stuff can I remember. And as I started to write it, I suddenly realised, my God, <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, a lot of stuff uh, happening in that time. Um, I think I, I think I also um, managed to uh, get a feel of my first set of boobs uh, when I was at school. Um, <laughs> and and honestly, the first set it was completely by accident. Uh, there was a massive surge of people running down the corridor one day. Uh, I think it was lunchtime, and I went flying into this um, PE teacher um, who was wearing a tracksuit and had an uh, an enormous pair of hooters sticking out the front, and I just like plowed into it with my hands up like this because I was especially trying to stop myself. It was like a tsunami of children piling down this corridor, and I just went. Oops! So straight into them like that, and. Um, she didn't seem to mind, funnily enough. <laughs> and I just, I just walked, you know, stuck it off to one side thinking, God, what was that? What were those? Oh, that was nice. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that again sometime. <laughs> but yeah, she was she was a PE teacher and an RE teacher. And I think in, um, in Catholic schools, uh, if you couldn't teach anything, then you were a PE teacher and an RE teacher. Um, you know, not necessarily both, but she was specialised at being... You know, less than useless twice. So, um, not like some of our other uh, our other PE teachers. Uh, we had a guy. We we had a guy who was an ex um, England rugby player, and he was just a sadist. 
basically. And uh, he would make us do uh, horrible things uh, in winter time. Uh, we would have to do this cross-country run, which was out behind the back of the school, across a beck, through some marshes, uh, you know, barbed wire fences, um, you know, being shot at by gamekeepers as we're crossing land. You know, it was just terrible things, you know, alligators. It makes all this, you know, get me out of the jungle things just complete nonsense compared to what we had to do in that. But the worst was actually um, his his piece of resistance, as it were. Um, he used to make us play rugby um, in the winter uh, out in the field um, when the the mud had, you know, it was so cold, the mud had dried to, like, ice razor blades. Uh, so if you fell over and you fell onto the mud, it was like falling onto really sharp rocks. So you'd end up, um, uh, you know, cut to pieces, basically. <laughs> I was no keen on rugby as well, either, because it, it, it meant you had to be, like, uh, you know, real macho, butch and physical. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you know, at 11 years old, I really wasn't into that, you know. Um, and it was it also put you against your mates. Now I had a mate of mine, who was called Paul, and um, and we were we were really great mates. But he was much bigger than me, and he was he was built like a you know a brick shit house. And we were on opposite teams. Now he used to play rugby for the school. He used to play rugby for the county, and so um, f foolishly somebody threw me the ball, and um, I lost it. He picked it up. And then he started to pile, running down towards me. And you know, like the way these rugby players stick their hands out in front like that to like push people off to one side. Well, he did that, and he caught me right in the nose. And and I went down, <laughs> and he just carried on running. And I thought I was like, I was like lying there, you know, blood coming out my nose, thinking I, I thought he was my friend. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, rugby was um, it was traumatic. <coughs> Pardon me, I'd edit that out, but I just can't be bothered. Um, so yeah, rugby was <laughs> rugby was traumatic, and we had another we had another um, uh, PE teacher. He was an ex England um, hockey player. This guy, uh, and he was just a pervert. <laughs> There's no way of dressing it up. <laughs> he was just a pervert. Um, and this is why they were probably all X this and X that, you know. They were they were X in their own sport and then um then they decided they'd do teaching because they couldn't do anything else. And I'm not saying this about teachers in general. Okay. I mean that's the, the, there is that old saying is that you know, if you can't do teach if you can't teach, teach PE. You know that. If you're a teacher, you know that. <laughs> I, I always remember in our um I can't remember what year it was, third year at school or something, um, my timetable, um, you know, you'd get single lessons of this and double lessons of that. But I always remember that uh, French used to follow PE. And in wintertime, uh, when it was, you know, really cold and you know, coming from the northeast of England, you didn't get warm winters. Uh, not back then, not when I were a lad, not when, you know, dinosaurs were roaming around. Uh, it was so cold that you couldn't, uh, fasten the buttons on your shirt and so all the lads were turning up into in, going into French and um, and it was always the, in, in the language labs you know with like the little recording booths and things so there'd be all these guys like semi-naked um, in the language labs in the little booths uh, waiting until you, your fingers warmed up <laughs> Until you could fasten your shirts, because it was it was bad, you know. It was like you couldn't, it was like, and you couldn't operate the um, uh, operate the 
the headphones and the buttons and things on the recording stuff because it was um what was it longman's audio visual french stage one copyright by longman's green and company <sighs> the stuff you remember but uh yeah but you couldn't do that you, you couldn't operate um you couldn't operate the buttons or anything I think in the um, in the first couple of uh, first couple of years when I was at the school, uh, we had a, um, a headmistress, um, a deputy headmistress, who was let's just say she was a uh, for a Catholic school she was a religious zealot. She was a, she was just a complete and utter nutcase. I mean she she was a, she was one of these like um, you know the sound of music when Maria went to the uh, went to the Abbey. Well, she was one of these girls that went to the Abbey wasn't any good and got kicked out so she was like a trainee nun that was um booted out effectively and but she was also pious and religious and everything but just a little bit weird and i'll tell you how the little bit weird comes into play so uh, she was our maths teacher for some reason in in second year and um it was i had two embarrassing experiences in maths in second year one was uh I was asked to come to the board, uh, up to the blackboard, you know, with the chalk, and do a, a long subtraction. Now, when we were at junior school, and um, when we were doing uh, subtractions, in order to help us all to learn how to do it, uh, we were um, coached in, you know, say say what you see, say what you see. So you'd you'd cross one off here, and you'd go next door and borrow a ten if there wasn't enough, you know, numbers in that column. And so, so I, so I did that. So I went up to the board, and it's going, you know, cross one off here, go next door, and borrow a ten. And everybody behind me was laughing <laughs> because the the comprehensive school, St Michael's, was a feeder school, and so you'd get uh, it'd be like children from other junior schools in the area, other Catholic schools from the area would come to it. So there was loads of people in my maths class were from other schools who clearly hadn't been taught this way. So it was much, much laughter for them to see some idiot going, oh, yes, and you crushed it out now, and then you borrow a ten from next door, you know. So, so that was that was a bit embarrassing. But the the most embarrassing thing was, um, we'll call her Miss X, because they always had a name to the Miss, Miss this, Miss that, so Miss X. So Miss X, and, she's, and she was Irish, and she says to me one time, and, and she turned me around from the blackboard where I was doing the maths so I could face the class properly, and she said to me, do you know, Paul, you look like the Pope's secretary. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Pope's secretary? And I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what to say. Even now, when I think about it, I was thinking, I was thinking what was I supposed to do? I say, you know, I mean, what kind of a thing does like a teacher or, or a deputy headmistress say to a child? What was she? What I have no idea. But anyway, apparently, at that time, um, I looked like the Pope's secretary. So uh, it didn't do me any good. Uh, I've not put it on my resume or my CV or anything. Uh, and you know, uh, this is probably only the, the second time that I've actually <laughs> mentioned this story again. I must actually have a look and see who the present Pope Secretary is to see if I look like him now, because that's that's probably more of the case. But St Michael's was a lovely place. Uh, we had a, an excellent headmaster for a short time, um, and uh, he was very very strict on rules. One of the one of the rules that we had or that he had was about uh, uniform, and particularly about coloured socks, and he would only um, allow people to have. Um, you know, regulation black or dark navy coloured socks. 
and uh, <laughs> uh, end of summer term or at the or end of major terms, winter terms, summer terms, um, there always used to be fights with the big um, Protestant and it's those smelly proddies again. Yes, it is. Uh, there always used to be fights with the the big Protestant school down the road. They used to come down from their school down the main road to us, and then they used to wait. So some of the mental cases in our school decided to, one year to take the fight to them. Um, but they didn't get very far. They got only just in front of our school, and uh, this big gang of uh, Protestant lads came over. This massive fight occurred, and uh, one of our guys got knocked out. Um, somebody had phoned the police in the meantime, so the police had arrived, and they broke the fight up and everything. And uh, this letter was knocked out. Uh, he was taken back into the school on a stretcher. And while he was lying on the stretcher, uh, he, w he was being carried past the headmaster. And the headmaster saw that this boy had stripy socks on, like, you know, lime green, yellow, red socks on. And he said, um, when he wakes up, send him to my office. <laughs> I remember that blow. I remember that guy. So... <laughs> So not only was he knocked out in the fight, he then he, he then got caned for having uh, for having coloured socks. <laughs> it was a, <coughs> it was a, it's a harsh, harsh world, you know. It, 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 you know, it, it wasn't a Victorian orphanage we were living in, but you know, I, I think there's there's rules that are rules, and um, it's not that those rules are meant for breaking. It's just that uh, you know, when a lad's been knocked out, you really don't want to. Be, I mean, if that happened nowadays, can you imagine? <laughs> I think there'd be a, a, at least a small piece in the newspaper about it. But there was, there was certain aspects of it, apart from PE and stuff like that. I just wasn't very... <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if this, how this comes out. I wasn't really handy with my hands, as it were. You know, we had, like, the um, metalwork and woodwork, you know. Um, I can't remember what department they called it. Uh, I don't know. But basically, it was metalwork and woodwork and that kind of thing. And we had a... Um, uh, a lad, uh, this uh, teacher from Yorkshire, um, and <laughs> he had a very strong accent, and yet he had a unique way of teaching. He would just like shout at people, and then if you weren't paying attention, he would like throw things at you, and uh, you know, in a woodwork room, that's kind of dangerous. <laughs> Just from a health and safety point of view, you know. Uh, but he, he <laughs> we were making um, one of the first things that you make. <clears throat> Uh, when the the make you make in woodwork is a, a dovetail joint, so there. Hey man, is a dovetail joint? No, 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 it's a dovetail joint. Anybody who knows about woodworking will know what a dovetail joint looks like. So, um, so the first thing to do is to you know to get it all level, um, you know, square it up and stuff like that, and you get to use those exciting tools like planes. And I was never very good at um leveling the the blade on a plane and actually using the plane. And this woodwork teacher, you know, everybody had finished doing doing stuff, and I'm still like, shh, and he would come over to me, and he would say, "Stop tickling your wood, lad! <laughs> Stop tickling your wood! Playing the damn thing!" So, um, yeah, I was traumatized. So I'd never touch woodworking again after that. It was just, it was not my thing. And I think those were in there. Those were in the early days, and then, um. And then I think uh, later on, oh yeah, yeah, in about fourth year, you were there for five years, so in about fourth year, uh, I became a, pre a prefect, and um, that means you had certain responsibilities to marshal around the younger children in first and second year, 
Uh, marshalling around was quite good. Um, they used to line up. We used to have to li- line first and second years up for um, uh, dinner uh, because the the school hall wasn't big enough to take everybody all at once. So you had to let people in 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 um, you know in in big sections. And uh, we had uh, the doors of the school weren't very solid at some places, and so you had to have like a wooden batten uh, in in between the handles of the doors to stop the doors rattling and and being pulled open. And so when the uh, when we were letting uh, groups of children into the uh, groups groups of first and second years in, we used to have to pull the wooden batten out, count about twenty or so, and then close the door again. <laughs> so what we used to do was pull the batten out. Count 19, 20th person came in, hit him on the head with a baton, <laughs> and then closed the door. Now, now, what happened was um, they got wise to that. And so each time they would, you could see them counting down the line to see who the 20th person was. And the 20th person would, would try and duck and weave, uh, you know, and, and try and like, avoid getting hit across the head. So then we used to hit the 19th person. <laughs> So yeah, absolute power. It, it it was just being a prefect was like so much fun, and I think um, I'd also got my first um, my first compliment from a girl actually um, being a prefect, and and it was at this door activity, and I remember um, uh, I held you know she was she couldn't get through the door properly, so I held the door open for her, and she said, "Oh, it's, uh, thank you. It's it's so nice to meet a gentleman," and. I was like really shocked. I'd never had a compliment before, so, so I slammed the door again. <laughs> I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Batten through the handle. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's probably what probably wasn't looking looking back. It probably wasn't the uh, you know the best response. But you know what the hell? I'd already grabbed some boobs of a PE teacher and I'd been compared to the pop secretary. So you know, I'd had I'd, I'd had my fair share of excitement. <laughs> but it was it was during that time. So let me think. Let me think. When would that be? When was when was I there till? Uh, it was nineteen seventy five to about nineteen eighty or nineteen seventy nine, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I saw everything. Nineteen seventy seven was the start of punk. Um, yeah, the start of punk. Um, when you were in fourth and fifth year, you were in like house blocks in the school. So yeah, you you ate your dinner separately from um, from other kids. And um, you, there was like rules and regulations and things like that, and um, you, you could play records and things. Well, you know, vinyl. I mean, we're still talking vinyl here, by the way, and record players. Um, but the uh, the Sex Pistols, of course, were the first big punk thing, and their their record, never mind the bollocks, uh, was banned. Was banned from being played in the house blocks. Um, but you know some rebels managed to uh, managed to sneak a bit of vinyl in and and play it in one of in one of the side rooms. So, uh, what else did we see? Oh, platform shoes as well. I actually had some platform shoes. They weren't very big because uh, again it was one of those uh, one of those fads, and you know everybody. It, in fact, at one point you you had to go far and wide to find a flat pair of boy shoes, and so we used to get uh, these um, little things with like little little heels. I don't know what, but an inch high or something like that. Uh, I I wasn't very keen on them. It, it didn't last very long anyway, and long hair as well. See, because uh, uh, you can't tell in my little picture on the on this thing, but I've got like one ear that sticks out. And when I was a kid, it's even worse when you've got like, you know, trying to grow long hair or have long hair because it's like you know, you got this like one sort of taxi doll look all thing sticking out. But um, yeah. So I think that was effectively it, wasn't it? Yeah. So that was uh 
11 to 16. Uh, yeah, of course, I remember um, we did our O-levels. I actually remember the last day of school. Um, I remember the last day of school, and it was one of those um, uh, days when it was a complete anticlimax as well, because we were all kind of like split up. We all had our last exams on different days and different subjects, and, and people were leaving early and stuff like that. And so I was just actually by myself walking up the path out of school, and I did one of those things that you know, you do. You look back and you think, oh, there it goes, all my youth, blah, 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 blah. What's going to happen soon? Well... I can tell you what's going to happen soon, the next time on Wonderful Radio Flanagan. Well, that's the end of another show from Wonderful Radio Flanagan and me, Paul Flanagan. I hope you've enjoyed it. I know I have. (laughs) And, um, well, I'll, uh, Catch you next time on Wonderful Radio Flanagan.